This is Israeli Technology Founders Speak, a podcast of conversations with successful Israeli high-tech and biotech entrepreneurs, with your host, Avraham Hermon. Arik Ben Ishai is the co-founder and CEO of BioBeat, an Israeli biotech startup that has created a small, non-invasive device that can monitor a patient's vital signs remotely, enabling patients to heal at home and providing actionable insights on patient care. Avraham sat down with Arik in the offices of BioBeat to discuss the motivation behind starting the company, how they persevered to achieve what seemed like an impossible goal, funding, team building, tips for startup founders, and much more. This podcast is a creation of J.M.B. Davis Ben David, an intellectual property law firm serving clients around the world. You have great innovations. We keep them safe. It's not enough to just have a great startup idea or innovation. If you don't legally protect your innovations, products, and brand, anyone can claim them as their own. We keep your great innovation secure. Learn more by going to jmbdavis.com. That's jmbdavis.com. So I'm with Arik Ben Yishai and BioBeat in their offices in Pentachtikva. Thank you, Arik, for inviting us. Welcome. And uh, I'm really excited to, to talk with you this morning. And I already saw a little bit about your device that BioBeat makes. So tell me a little bit about what problem BioBeat solves. So the vision was uh, to um, make the uh, medical uh, data more accessible. For example, the, the data is already existing. It means that if you enter to hospital, you see a lot of devices, but it's not accessible, for example, for patient at home. It's not accessible to get continuous data. So what we try to solve, we uh, design and manufacture um, a small single device that collecting all the data that you have in ICU, maybe more than ICU level, and give you a streaming of data and analytics and insights to the physicians. What I saw when I came in here is that you took a little sticker and a little device that's about the size of a matchbox and uh, you put it on your chest, just right under your shirt and open up your computer and showed me on the screen, and, and right now you have this device on, and it's monitoring you as if you were in an intensive care unit, which is pretty amazing because it's a tiny device, which probably costs a little bit less than all the devices that are in an intensive care unit in a hospital, and uh, it seems seems pretty amazing. I was, uh, you know, just seeing that demonstration was exciting for me. You, you mentioned your device and um, what its potential is, and one of the things that you say that you use is AI, artificial intelligence, for monitoring. Now, AI has been become popular lately with DAL-E and ChatGPT, and you're using health AI and machine learning. So what are you doing that's unique versus others that are in the AI field? ChatGPT and other things that it's wellness or it's not wellness, it's general information, they have the privilege to make mistakes. We saw in the news Lately, that they, you ask questions, sometimes you get the right answer and sometimes you get crazy answers. Right. We don't have this privilege uh, because when we're talking about patients, we must to give the very accurate assessment and answer. There is no privilege to make mistakes because we're talking about uh, live patients. 
Um, so I think this is the biggest differentiation. And Babbit we've been focusing the last uh, three years just to collect data. And once we collect a lot of data, we go to the next phase is to develop different tools to different use cases to take medical decisions. For example, a few weeks ago, we approved by the FDA to give diagnosis and treatment recommendation on blood pressure. It's ridiculous because we're in 2023 and there is no protocol to balance blood pressure. And we're talking about the biggest medical problem in the world. So in the first time, three years ago, the FDA approved us as a cuffless blood pressure company. Mm-hmm. Currently, we're the only one in the world. And three weeks ago, we approved the FDA also to give diagnostics and treatment recommendation to the physicians based on AI tools. This is one of the features that we have. A second one is everyone talking about RPM to manage patients at home. Why? Mm-hmm. Because everyone... RPM is remote. Remote patient monitoring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Because everyone knows that it's super expensive to build hospitals. Patients prefer to stay at home. And remote patient monitoring, this is the hot thing that everyone talk about. But as a tech companies, we need to, med tech companies, we need to give physicians tools to take decision remotely. Because today, physicians need to see you, need to ask your questions, and to see your vitals. Today, the two first part you can take remotely with Zoom or other applications, it's not a challenge. Mm-hmm. But to take vital signs remotely, this is the biggest challenge. And once you collect the data, the question is, okay, how I'm doing a triage? I have uh, 500 patients at home. Maybe some, one of them are deteriorating right now and I don't know anything because I don't have the data. So Babi developed a tool, an early warning score. It's an algorithm to do a screening on all of the patients and give you an alert and notification about patients that's supposed to get deteriorated. We were amazed because we saw that the tool is so efficient that in... Uh, Tel Shomer, it's the biggest hospital in Israel. We did a study on 500 patients that shows that we detect between 30, uh, 12 to 30 hours before the patient becomes symptomatic. So wow. we came to do uh, an early detection and we discovered that we are actually doing an early detection. So yeah, I am strongly believe in AI tools. I think that it, in medical world, it's much more complicated because of the liability and you cannot I have the privilege to miss patients that deteriorate right now. Mm-hmm. So again, we're collecting a lot of data and we have different AI tools in different markets and uh, different applications. Okay, sounds very interesting. And this seems like a potentially life-saving device, not just convenient, but allowing people to detect at home a uh, high risk for potentially uh, dangerous situations. Exactly. And one other thing I must have said, this is not the vision. This is something that we actually doing with our customers and we're in the market. So it's super important to understand that this is a tool that tomorrow you can use. So uh, you said you're in the market. Can you tell me what products are available? How one can obtain them? So we have a few products and few services that we are giving to different customers. One of the markets is in-hospital or hospital at monitoring. We solve the problem of uh, the shortages of nurses worldwide, specifically in the U.S. market that we are super active in. Mm-hmm. And 30, 40% of the nurse job, he or she is to take vital signs. And now it's automatically. You enter to the general world, get a patch. We collect the data automatically, send it to the EMR, and that's all. 
Another market that we're active is RPM, remote patient monitoring, mainly for chronic ill patients that going back and forward to the hospital. So now to the physician, there is a efficient tool to manage them at home. Mm-hmm. And this market, those patients cost a lot of money to the payers and insurance companies. So it's hot topic in, in US and worldwide. The third market is ABPM, ambulatory blood pressure monitoring test. Eventually, only in US, there is a 47% of the US adults suffering from hypertension. This wow. is the reason I said before, this is the biggest market in the world. And we give the tool not just to do, to do the diagnosis easily, because today the traditional way to do this is a, is, is a nightmare. There is no polite way to say it, because you get an inflate cuff that inflate automatically every 15 minutes for 24 hours. Right. So try to take a shower with that, mm-hmm. try to go to sleep, try to go to eat. It's a ridiculous solution, and now we get the patch, so you don't need to do anything, and you don't feel anything, so you get better results. And the second level is, okay, once you diagnose how to balance the blood pressure on on daily basis. Mm -hmm. So you get our watch, this is our watch, Okay. Uh, you get the watch, and you can get a continuously monitor. Mm-hmm. And the watch does similar things to what the, they, the both of them doing the same, the same but thing. different form factor. I see. Okay. Uh, and the full market is interesting market that actually developed very quickly is the pharma market, pharma mm-hmm. and clinical studies. When the corona arrived, patient refused to meet the nurses or to go to to clinics or hospital to take vital signs. So the FDA stops all the clinical studies, and pharma companies looking for better way to collect data from patient at home and doing it automatically. Mm-hmm. And we signed uh, 10 different uh, contracts with companies, big pharma companies uh, the developing drugs. And it's not just to show safety to TFDA in phase one or just accelerate clinical studies instead to do it in five, six years, to do it in two years, one year. So it's a more efficient way to collect data. I think that the third part is more exciting. Eventually, you will see in the near future that they will sell not just a medication, you will get a medication from your physician, you will get a medication plus a wearable and an application that will do an, an optimization treatment. So that's real personalized medicine. Real personalized medicine. Real time. Real time. We published uh, one month ago a huge publication on big hospital in Israel, how they are doing an optimization treatment for CHF patients, they take in diuretics. So in the first time, we know what is the right time for each patient to take the, the medications, what doses. It's something that it's not exist. Everyone aware that it cannot be possible that we are taking the same pill and it's effective on both of us the same because we have different physiology, different genes, right. different diseases. Mm-hmm. So the thought that everyone can take, take the same pill and its effect on everyone the same. Everyone knows it's not true, but there's no tools to show us the data that help us to do things differently. Now, Babit actually have the tool and published it and give the tool to pharma companies to eventually offer you a better care. Wow, amazing. Now, we're located here in Petah Tikva, a suburb of Tel Aviv in Israel. And it seems that there are a lot of companies involved in AI in Israel. What do you think is unique about Israel that encourages that? I think we are ambitious. We see opportunity and we try to bring the t- to take a part of it and everyone have ideas. So thinking in Israel, if you have an idea, you run and open a company 
and you hire a team and you start to work on that. So I think this is the reason you see a lot of solutions from Israel. I think in, in the Metec is, is more challenging because of the accuracy that uh, and you cannot be mistake, like I said before. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it's more challenging in our world. Your world than in other parts of tech, you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Because of the responsibility. Yeah. Liability. Can you tell me how the idea was born and how did you become involved in it as a co-founder? So we're three founders in the company. Me specifically, I'm serving in a special unit in Israel as a paramedic, as a combat fighter. And I had uh, in Tsukaitan uh, 33 casualties in the same time. And the mm-hmm. protocol in the army says that you need to go one by one and take vital signs. I see. So you were, were in active combat in, uh, in a war. And uh, as a result, you got this idea. Yeah. I asked myself why there is no one single device that can transmit the data automatically and someone can take medical decision remotely. So you think if BioBeat was around then a number of years ago when you were in combat, that could have saved lives? Absolutely. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Wow. Amazing. And the other founders, if you could talk about that a little bit. Two amazing founders. I, I got blessed. The first one is Israel Sausi. He's, he's the child in the company. He's 72 years old. Oh, wow have a lot of energies, amazing scientist. He started the PPG world 30 years ago. And the second one is Rebbe Yochanan Mai, amazing guy, brilliant engineer. He specializes more on IoT. So, IoT, Internet of Things. Yeah, to connecting things to the cloud. It's funny because six years ago, to came and said that in the medical world, we were working in the cloud, people start to laugh, mm-hmm. especially VCs because no one works in the cloud in the medical. To save your picture in, in our cloud is one thing, to save medical records is all different story. Uh, and six years after, we have a lot, all of our customers working on the cloud. Mm-hmm. On, so it's a little bit challenging on data privacy and, and et cetera, et cetera. But so you essentially predicted this revolution in, in the field. Yeah. Interesting. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about intellectual property. What role do patents or other intellectual property play in your business strategy? A big part. Uh, for example, things that most of the uh, uh, people don't know is that sensor is something that's very unique, especially on PPG. Mm-hmm. Most of the wellness devices buying off-the-shelf sensors. I think if you ask me, this is the reason uh, that most of the company that have unlimited resources and money stuck on a pulse in the past uh, 12 years without a pass the FDA. And what gives us the ability to measure more accurately and, and we to measure more vital signs than others is the way the, the fact that we start from sensors. Mm-hmm. And sensors you need to it's hardware and you need to protect it in IP. So we have a strong part of, of Babit is is the IP part. On top of that we have a layer of algorithms and all other things that we are not writing patents but it's a ter- trade secret, yeah. Interesting. Let's talk a little bit about your funding. Where is your funding from? And um, how did you get started? Outside investment, bootstrapping. Yeah, so it's an interesting story. In retrospectively, when we came to investors, there were three guys that says that we want to do cuffless blood pressure, and we didn't understand why everyone left. Laughing is it's the easy part. Sometimes they kick out, kick out house kick out of, of the offices. Wow. Uh, yeah, because, yeah, it, uh, everyone told me the same. Apple tried to do this. So why three guys from Israel that even don't have an office will succeed? 
So no one wants to invest. Uh, so we took huge mortgages and we promised to ourselves that the next time that we meet investors, it will after that we'll have an FDA approval and we have customers. So this is what's happened. We didn't have another choice and we are stubborn. So to, to get a no, it's, it's, or to fail, it's not an option for us. Mm-hmm. And I think six years after, if you run, understand that we write. Wow. So you essentially, you're saying a lot of uh, bootstrapping, a lot of uh, working hard on your own, being certain of this idea and uh, just moving forward before investment. Yeah. I think today we're a unicorn, not in, in the valuation term, in, in, the, in, in the way that company that today is with revenues and is a profitable company is quite, it's the, it's the new unicorn for... Uh, I see. Yeah. You're saying that you're, you're very unique in that you haven't received funding, but you're still, you're at the point where you have FDA approval without, without outside funding. Yeah, but also uh, one year ago, most of the companies raise a lot of money and losing a lot of money sure. and it was make sense to VCs. Now I think everyone understands that to lose money, it's not a good business. To generate revenues and become profitable, it's it's something that everyone looking for. And Bybit in, in the past two years is company with revenues and profitable company. So I think we have something unique, not just in aspect of IP or um, unique FDA approvals. It's also the business. Mm-hmm. It's a real business. Wow. And you said you have 35 employees now? Yeah. So in terms of the AI space, um, it's a hot topic now. Our Investors interested in, in investing in this field? Yeah, AI is it's something that's super in- interesting. But in the other end, everyone's super suspicious because, again, because of the accuracy and, and the liability. So in one hand, it's everyone very excited. In mm-hmm. the other hand, everyone a little bit gets scared. Yeah, but we see that all the VCs is talking about AI and what we're doing with the data. Okay, what, what tips do you have for founders who are just starting with a new idea with a company. I know what your feelings are about uh, raising capital, but uh, other tips. <laughs> to be stub- stubborn. Stubborn. Yeah. Be stubborn. Yeah. Don't not feel desperate because it's, it's something that you think about this every day. It's a tough way to be an entrepreneur, to have an idea and to try mm-hmm. to convince people that you will success, will succeed. Eventually, uh, we need to remember that this is losing a lot of money. Most of the cases, mm-hmm. most of the companies are closed. Yeah. And it's not that your, your idea, it's not good enough. They sometimes get scared and we need to uh, try to give them the, to feel co- more comfortable and convince them to contact to, to the idea. Uh, and again, there is more than one way. It's not just to raise money from VCs. Mm-hmm. There's other ways to get money or sometimes, sometimes bootstrapping like we did. So. Do you have uh, funding from the Innovation Authority in Israel? Uh, no. Mm-hmm. By the way, we didn't convince them also. So Interesting. Yeah. You convinced the FDA, but not the Innovation Authority. Yeah. I, we, actually, funny story. We try, we try in 2016 when we opened the company to convince them. And I have a nice letter that I'm keeping on my desktop in my computer that says that the technology is not possible and it's something that cannot be done. So I remind myself every morning on my desktop that, Someone told me that this is something that cannot be done. Experts told you that, not just someone. Super expert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so again, I understand what you say about being stubborn. That you know, the experts tell you one thing, and and uh, you said I'm going to do it anyway because I know I can. 
exactly. So this is the reason I said that my advice that uh, be stubborn. If you believe that you can do this, no one can tell you that you cannot do this. By the way, this is what everyone tell uh, telling my, uh, their uh, children. I telling my kids all the time that you are the only one that will decide that what you can do or what you cannot do. People cannot telling you what you can do or cannot do. Mm-hmm. So this is a lesson as adults that we actually need to believe in this lesson. That's all. Amazing. So where do you see yourselves in another year or another five years? You already have FDA approval for some things. Where, where do you see yourself going? We have big dreams to see the company extend an effect on different markets. I think we create a technology like Apple in the first time came with a touch screen phone. And I remember that the Nokia CEO said people like buttons. Today, there is no <laughs> buttons on phones, but I think we create a platform uh, for different markets. And um, my vision is to see Babbit as a big, strong, strong company that have more companies in the defense world, saving life in, in combat field, in home security, even in um, consumer market. We are not a consumer company, but... Mm-hmm to do OEM or collaboration with companies like Apple or Google Fitbit and others to spread the news. By the way, it's not a dream to see the sensor implemented, for example, in Nike shoes, smart shoes. No one thought about that, but it's actually a realistic thing to do. Mm -hmm. So we see Bobby doing a lot of other things to spread the news of the technology in different markets. This is a big vision, and it's going to happen. Bezat Hashem. Okay, with God's help. Great. So thank you for having me here. And, thank uh, you very much for coming. I, I really like learning about your company and uh, meeting the people here and seeing your device in action and wishing you a lot of success. I hope that the FDA approval is just the beginning and that patients can start really benefiting from this amazing technology. Thank you very much. That was Arik Benishai the co-founder and CEO of BioBeat. We hope you enjoyed this episode. There are many more to come. Do you have a great innovation or startup idea? We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us by going to our website, jmbdavis.com. And if you go to jmbdavis.com forward slash startup, you'll see we have a special site specifically made for startups to help startups protect their innovations. Please be in touch with us and find out how we can help you. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to bringing you the next episode.